I'm creative business coach Anastasia Williams, and you are listening to Making Magic, a podcast for fiber artists, makers, and creatives who are looking to craft a business with intention. Hello, welcome to episode 23. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and give a disclaimer right away that it is literally right after the 4th of July, and I live in South Dakota. And I know that most places now you can shoot off fireworks, but in South Dakota, you can like shoot them off literally anywhere, even in town and for like three weeks out of the year. But hey, whatever, it's fine. It's just if you hear some pops in the background, that's exactly what those are. Um, I do also, too, want to remind you before we get started into the meat of today's podcast episode that my group coaching program is still open for enrollment and It is going to start on July 25th. We are gonna run it for 10 weeks. It is called Homecoming, and it is gonna be designed to bring you home to the business that you dream of. And we are gonna work on some super foundational stuff that is going to get you a very solid footing in either a start of your business or come back to that foundation of what business you already have. What is really cool about this program is we're gonna keep it a relatively intimate group. So I've sold about half the spots that I'm gonna keep available for the course. And I want you to know that, you know, you are going to be in a safe space with peers who are all on the exact same journey that you are in just wanting to better their business and to create that feeling of home in their business. We are going to be meeting every Tuesday at 8.15 p.m. Central Standard Time via Zoom. And it's going to alternate every other week between office hours where we're all on a group call. You can come into the call, ask me any questions on the content for that week or any marketing questions in general, and we can work through those and I can answer those for you. And then on the second type of call that we have, so that alternating week, it will be a collaborative coaching call. So that means that anybody who's available in the course can come on that call and one person can kind of volunteer themselves and their issue or challenge that they're dealing with and bring it to the table. And everyone who is on that call in that moment will be able to give input or advice or support or encouragement. And then I'll chime in too, of course, you know, because that's part of the, the thing is having that support with me. But it's a, really, it's a really great way to kind of build some really great relationships, which is super important in your marketing in any way. It's just kind of having that network of people, but it's not networking in the traditional sense of networking. It's actually building friendships with these businesses and these kinships with these business owners. The other thing too that I want to stress is that because it's an intimate group, because it's a smaller group, um, I did this on purpose to keep the atmosphere, you know, closer, but I also don't want anyone to feel lost or alone in the group because group courses can be really overwhelming and you can just feel like you're really partaking from a distance. You're only looking at things. You're not really participating. If you're not really participating, you're not getting that much out of it. So to try to increase that comfort level, I am offering a virtual 30-minute coffee with every student who has enrolled. So this is not like a 30-minute interest call. This means that you've already purchased the course and we hop on a call. I just learn more about you and who you are and your business so that 
I can make sure that the course really fits what you need and you maybe tailor some of the content to you or provide additional resources for you that would be really helpful. So if you are interested in this, if you follow me on Instagram, so I'm at AnastasiaCreates.co, um, you can find a link in my bio to sign up for that. And then there is also the option of just going straight to my website, which is www.AnastasiaCreates.co forward slash homecoming. Okay, so let's go ahead. Let's dive into, so you want to start a fiber business or really any business, truthfully. I obviously cater to the fiber arts industry when I'm working on my marketing because that's where my ideal customers are. However, I do work with a multitude of businesses in different sectors, and I do feel that this is completely applicable. The only thing that's going to differ is the examples that I give. Usually my examples are going to be specifically tailored towards fiber artists. Um, but what I want to do today is kind of is to have a conversation with yourself about whether or not you should or should not start this business. And even if you already have an existing business and you've been in it for a while, this still works for you because we all can take a deeper look into our businesses, all of us, at any time. It just brings us back to kind of a cornerstone of understanding exactly you know, who we are, what we stand for, that we feel really solid in what we have to offer. So this is, this is for you. So don't worry. You don't have to, you don't have to hit the end button now. Is there an end button? You don't have to exit. You don't have to exit it. Okay. Anyway, so before we get into practicalities of starting an actual business in general, you know, before you actually go down the road of you know, setting up a business plan and doing all those kinds of, um, you know, bookkeeping sort of things, this internal assessment, which I will call it, is what I recommend doing. So let's start with first question to ask yourself. If I'm passionate about specific activity, whether that's yarn dyeing, designing patterns, knitting hats, what is it that is making me want to choose to do this as an actual business instead of just a hobby? There are, there's no wrong answers here. There could be many reasons in which you actually want to start a business. Um, even if it's something that you feel maybe as trivial as, hey, you know what? I just really kind of want that external validation of having people give positive feedback, which legitimately is a thing. And I don't think enough of us acknowledge it. So you may not even recognize it. Um, side note too, like if you really feel like you're needing external validation in that way, might also recommend working through that with a professional because a small business is one heck of a lot to put yourself through in hopes of getting some nice feedback because uh, you do have to wade through some negative as well. But even wanting that external validation, that's a valid reason. So is needing money. So is uh being productive, having a creative outlet, like those are all reasons. But the big thing is like, why is it? Why should it be a business? Why should it be a business? Do you have acumen for business? Do you have desire to run a business? Is that fun for you? Does that seem challenging for you? And you want to take that on? Um, you know, just considering deeply what that drive is, 
and whether or not it's worth pursuing in this way, especially if it is coming down to money. Uh, because I say this, the fiber arts world is not typically a world of deep pockets and heavy profits, uh, which I'll touch on a little bit more later. So if it's something that you really, really need to generate revenue, um, you need to look at, is that going to be possible for your business given, given what you've got? And I know that's kind of jumping down the line of some of my questions, but these all kind of tie in together, but basically, so why should your hobby become a business for you? Second question, have I considered how my relationship with my hobby that I'm passionate about will change if I turn it into a business? This is also a very legitimate question, something that I personally did not consider whatsoever when I started my natural yarn dyeing business. I had been knitting for a few years and I thought, hey, you know what? I love yarn. I love the environment. I love starting businesses. Let's go. And I just kind of dove in. Uh, Thinking back on it, I probably would have changed some ways (laughs) that I did things, Uh, lots of them. But, you know, it's it's not enough to just say, I want to do this because I want to do this. That, that drive has to be there, which we talked about a second ago and isn't really relating to this question. But the one thing that I do want to mention is that starting that natural dyeing business, which natural dyeing, if you're curious in comparison to powder dyeing or acid dyeing, and I'm not saying one is better than the other in any situation, but natural dyeing takes about 4,000 times longer to create one skein of naturally dyed yarn than it does with the other methods. Um, There's just so many steps involved and so much simmering and uh, getting things to the right temperature and then rinsing and rinsing and rinsing and rinsing and rinsing and rinsing and rinsing. My time that I had for knitting decreased by about 98%. And then I had a kid, which, you know, probably lowered it a little bit further. Even now, you know, I've been out of being a super prolific knitter for a while. Now I'm lucky if I get one or two finished objects in a year, which at this point I'm totally fine with because I love what I do. I love this business. It's a like a minor to, you know, probably major obsession for me. And so me pouring my energy into this seems worth it to me versus, you know, churning out lots of sweaters like I used to do, which was also fun. But, um, I digress. It's just something to consider, like, will it change your relationship at all? Will you start to feel like it's a chore? Will you start to feel resentful towards it? Will you start to wish you could do something else? Another example of having that yarn dyeing business, sorry, this is the only example I have. It's the only fiber business I had. But when I wanted to knit a sweater, I felt obligated to use my own yarns so that I could have some sample pieces that I could wear to fiber shows or that I could show on Instagram or, you know, just give us examples on my website so that people could see this is how pretty natural dyes can be in a sweater. And that kind of cut me out of really being able to buy other yarn, which is great for my pocketbook, but wasn't really fun in theory because, you know, the act of buying yarn is uh, a hobby in and of itself, as we know. So that was a little bit disappointing. You know, you may not have this issue. It may be something that you feel so passionate about what you're doing and it doesn't change your relationship with that hobby whatsoever. And if that's the case, then that's great. Again, these are all just questions I'm asking you to consider. I'm not telling you to lean one way or another. All right, question number three. 
What are my goals? This is a really big one. So in your business, is it something that you want to do for fun? Or is it something that you want to do for profit? Because you need money. Those goals are going to be a huge driver in how you run that business and what exactly you do for that business. Um, again, you know, if you, if you are the kind of person that you say, you know, I don't really need to do this for income. If I just make enough to continue making the product and I just love doing this for fun and I love having it as a business because I love putting this into the world and serving others and that, you know, I've had clients like that and that's great and that's amazing and I wish I was you. But there is the other side of the coin, which is I actually need to make money. Um, You know, like I mentioned earlier, the fiber arts world is not typically a world that is just like pouring out tons of extra cash. A lot of people really struggle to make profits at all. You think of shepherds who put so much money into their properties, into the care of their animals, into illnesses of their animals and then they have to actually process the fiber and possibly dye the fiber themselves and then get it on the market and then do all the marketing themselves when they literally have no time, like no time whatsoever. And that is a massive challenge for them to actually get a profit on any of that stuff, which is why a lot of them will, you know, do both meat and wool. And you can see in some cases, you know, why that's why that's necessary, to be honest, if you need to make money, otherwise it's not going to be sustainable for you. Um, you know, there are, there are lots of options out there as far as working in the fiber arts industry. And if you go back, if you were to find my interview episodes with Hannah Thyssen, and that was episode 16, and then part two was 17. So she actually gives some tips on finding like ways to find other jobs in the fiber arts industry and like where you can look for those and different types of things that may be available there because it doesn't necessarily always mean that you have to be the one that runs the business maybe you work for somebody else's business and that can be just as fulfilling and hey you can have a lot more energy and time and still be getting paid Um, because when you are your own business like you are the only person in your business boy does that take up so much time and energy and effort and you're wearing all the hats and doing all the things and for some of us that's great and for some of us that's horrible again we're thinking about um question number four is what i want to sell already available in the market the answer to this is likely yes but not that that's something that should stop you One thing that I see a lot of people go into businesses, they go in seeing that other people, you know, are doing something, you know, like, okay, I want to be a knitwear designer. And I see lots of other people doing knitwear design and I could totally do that. So I'm going to do that and I'm going to try to make money from it. When you start kind of coming in from that perspective, it's not really doing enough market research to know whether or not that's going to be successful for you. So this is where I start to look at uniqueness. And I do have an episode on, you know, figuring out what makes you unique. And that is episode 12. So when I talk about unique, 
I'm not necessarily saying like your product has to be super unique or it has to be the only thing out there, but you have to be able to market it in a way that makes you stand out. And this is just because with the lovely invention of the internet, which we both love and hate at the same time, every industry is pretty much saturated for the most part. I'm sure there's exceptions to this, but you have to find a way to kind of rise above the noise and set yourself apart from the noise so that people start to kind of notice what you're doing. Because if you tend to blend in and and follow what everyone else is doing and not really have any strategy in place for how to make yourself stand out, even if that's just showcasing your personality. Two episodes ago was episode 21, where I talked with Lindsay about her business and she knew that what she made wasn't necessarily unique in any way, but she wanted to kind of create a customer service experience that allowed people to feel like they were so special. And creating an experience like that can make you stand apart because people in general, we all want to feel special and we all want to feel loved and accepted and appreciated. And if we don't, then that's normal. (laughs) It feels like, right? That's my cynicism talking. But if somebody makes us feel that way, we remember that. We know that. And we're going to go back to that person just for that particular reason, right? Again, it's just something to really think about, you know, what would make you stand apart? What would make you unique? What would put you in a space that you can start to stand out from the rest of the noise, to stand out from everybody else who's doing the exact same thing that you're doing? What can make you special? Is it your aesthetic? Is it the fact that you only, uh, you know, knit with certain colors of yarn? Is it that you only design crop tops? Is it that you only design socks? Is it that you dye yarn that is, I don't know, I'm just like randomly thinking here, that is um, like got lots of glitter in it or something, you know, I'm just examples. You know what I mean? Like coming up with something that just seems to be a little bit different, even if it's not massively different, just like a little bit different will help, will help tremendously with that. But this kind of leads to the last question that I want you to consider. And that is, do people want to buy my product? Because if you don't know the answer to that question, stop. (laughs) Just stop right there and reassess the whole thing. Again, this is what I come back to, those instances of individuals coming to me and saying, okay, well, I wanted to start this business because I wanted to start this business. Okay, that's great. But if there are no people there to buy from you, your business isn't going to go anywhere. And it's kind of a hard truth, but it's, it's a truth that you have to know that your product is what they call viable. It's a viable product that people actually are going to consume this product. It's a little bit tricky in the beginning if you don't already have an existing audience to kind of build from. So you have to kind of be, you know, a little bit clever in the way that you start to collect that information, whether that is just kind of seeing the kinds of, products that are sold in other spaces or seeing what other people seem to be gravitating towards potentially through social media though that's not always an indication of anything because social media can be very deceptive when it comes to knowing who's being you know who's successful and who isn't and I wouldn't recommend you go around asking business owners those questions either because that's kind of rude and none of your business but um, being able to kind of 
flush it out a little bit on your own. And then additionally, if you do have any sort of presence on social media, even if that presence is primarily maybe friends and family, and maybe some other people who started following you because they like your feed, start to ask questions of those people. You know, what would you think about this? Like, would you buy something like this? Um, Do you know anyone who would buy something like this? You know, start to kind of build those questions up and ask them of whoever will answer them, especially people that you feel would be in your target market or asking those questions sometimes. I'm so sorry, some of these are really loud. Um, Fireworks, I mean. Uh, Asking those questions can sometimes hone in exactly who that market will be. So if somebody's like, okay, I wouldn't buy that, but you know, my sister Susie would buy it. Okay, well, let's go talk to Susie and see what Susie says. So Susie might be a completely different demographic than you know Jeremy or whoever we asked at first, but then we're, we know to find more Susies. And then we start to tailor a product and create a product for Susies. We are not creating a product just because we want to create it. We create it because Susie wants it, if that makes any sense. You know, these are all kind of big questions and I can't answer any of them for you as much as I would love to. I mean, if you want to book a call and you want to kind of walk through some of these questions with me, we can absolutely do that. Or if you want to join my group coaching program, we, we can definitely talk through that in there. Um, and that might be beneficial for everyone. But it's just something that you that really needs to happen, to be honest. Because again, if nobody's there to buy it, you're not going to make any money. If you're not going to make any money, you're probably not going to want to have that business unless you have like loads of money and this is just, you know, fun way to spend your expendable income. And if so, I'm very, you know, envious of that situation. Okay, that's it. That's all I've got for right now. Um, You know, if you have any thoughts for future podcast ideas, things that you want to hear from me about, please go ahead and send me a DM on Instagram uh, or you can send me a message through my website which is, again, www.anastasiacreates.co. I'd love to hear it. I have had some suggestions recently, which I am going to be putting into practice. But I thought this was a, a really good one for figuring out kind of, should I have this business? Yes or no? That's up to you. But we'll talk next week. 